Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always is my good friend and co-host, Ms. Brooke Deneau. Hi, Brooke. Hi, Vincent. We're back, everyone. Ah, we are back. It is, it's the last Monday before the 4th of July. Wow. Where did this year go? I know. It's, it's like, Everyone, like, I feel like old people always say that. They're like, whoa, the time is really flying, guys. But... You, know it, you know when it hit me, the time has really started moving. But so today mm-hmm. I was looking at my to-do list and I have to call the payroll company that does my company's payroll and transfer my residency to New Jersey because I don't live in New York anymore. Um, I have that remind. I set that reminder on April 3rd. And I was like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And it's just been there. And I've just been like looking at it. And it's like, I'll do this one day. And it's like, I looked at the, I looked at my calendar for something today. I was like, geez, Friday's July 1st already. Like, this is crazy. This is freaking bonkers. But um, yeah, how was your weekend, Brooke? It was like really good, but like I'm exhausted right now. You did a lot this weekend. I did a lot this weekend. weekend. I'm proud of myself though. Like the good kind of exhausted. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I did like, yes, I don't even remember when all this started, but I needed to work through a bunch of really large sheets on our really large CNC router, which I've used the machine before. Like I know how to do it, but I've never done anything that big, Mm -hmm. Mm, maybe period, but like by myself, right? which was the intimidating part because I was needing to like maneuver it all by myself. And I don't know when you're working with something that big, having someone else with you just to just like if I do something that stupid, someone will just be like, hey, you missed this, whatever. So it's it's daunting to take it on. And I did and, it and I got through so it. many things. I like your step by step. I like your step by step story, particularly particularly the um, look of concentration as you zeroed the machine that yeah. was like down, crouch down, just right at eye level. Just looking really yeah. close. I was really milking it for the camera. <laughs> no. <laughs> Me, but... No. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And yeah, then today you... I did was fi- awesome. 55 and a half feet of vinyl cut flowers. <laughs> <laughs> so random. I love it. So much. That's like what I do all like that's what my job is. I just feel like I do random stuff. Isn't that good though? Like I think it's great. Like do I you... I felt yeah. the same way this week because I did a bunch of random stuff and it was like it wasn't I was wasn't getting bogged down in any one thing and I was really enjoying the pivot. I'm going to pivot to this. I'm going to pivot to yeah. that. I'm going to pivot to this. And yeah, it's it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. I think that's why people like us that are generalists probably enjoy making more than people who have like one skill. And I think I'd get bored if I was doing it all day, every day. Like 100%. any one thing. 100%. The only thing I like doing that I do for almost every project is some kind of like design work. So if it's like the if I'm engraving yeah. something or cutting vinyl for something like I like doing that part for every project, but then the project itself is different. So it's fine. I can I can. Yes, deal with that, same because like I don't sketch or anything like that, but I, I absolutely sketch. like will whip open Illustrator or something and just mm-hmm. like design for fun. Like I have folders and folders and folders of things that I just haven't made yet. I have so many friends that tell me that they have no idea how to use Illustrator. And I'm just like, I feel so bad for you. Because yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's the best program on Windows. Like, it really it's, is. It's really good, but it's really not good to learn. No, it's not good to learn. It's not. It's, it takes... Oh, so I'll tell you the, 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 the whole truth and nothing but the truth. It took me two years to really learn it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. can be functional very quickly. 
but you don't learn it for you have to really put in the hours with it no. but the more hours you put in with it you really do start to get there it becomes second nature because you learn the shortcuts and stuff i yeah. am like realizing something that i think let me just like i i wasn't planning on like announcing this or anything like that Ooh. michael is the class like on the site. Ooh, this is well, really anyway. Good. Pretty soon at least on makersworkshop.com I did I did a series of online classes that are illustrator for the laser cutter. I'm so telling you about anyone, these. They're finally gonna be reality. I know it's been so long. They've just been sitting there. Like they and the, we just need to get them up on the website or whatever. But I don't they're even possibly up there now. So if you belong to makersworkshop.com, you can access them. But I did a bunch of projects that just like I think the bigger point that I'm trying to make for the podcast audience is like it's intimidating to like really try Illustrator for yeah. sure. Yeah. And like if people like I think the easiest way to learn is just to do it. So it's just I just did projects that were step by step where it's like we're going to make this project and I'm going to explain it to you like we're kindergartners. And, and, you know, most of what I most of my first couple of months of using Illustrator daily for work was mm -hmm. just make it work. Right. Make yeah. it work. And eventually you start learning the things that you, you you learn what you did wrong, but they don't really matter. Like you can still be functional with the clunky way you do things. I'll give you a really good example. Ethan's logo was mm -hmm. an absolute train wreck. When oh, he no. gave it to me, because he 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 wanted me to do something with his logo. I think we were going to make something or engrave it or something, and he sent me his logo, and I opened it up in Illustrator, and it was an absolute disaster of disaster proportions. But but if you look at his logo, yeah, and you printed it, and you did anything with it, it was utterly perfect, right? Yeah. Now you technically, technically, it was garbage, mm -hmm. and he knows it. We've talked about this, right? But. <laughs> I, I was so impressed by his ability to compensate for not knowing how to do anything mm -hmm. and coming up with this logo. So you really can, the point being not to slag on Ethan, but the point being that you actually can get something out of illustrator, even if you're not an expert. Oh, absolutely. And like, if you really enjoy it and get into it, like I love a good clean file. Oh yeah. You know, like oh, I just love like a perfect, like a perfectly done file just makes me happy. I figured out a technique for overlapping empty line art that doesn't have like a fill. And I'm actually going to do a YouTube video about it because I told someone about it. I actually told, I was talking to Beck, um, Beck C design. Mm -hmm. And um, I was telling her about the, about what I learned. She goes, I had no idea how to do that. That's awesome. And yeah. I'm like, okay, if she doesn't, then this is worth explaining to oh, a bunch of people. Oh, and it's like, you just, you never know everything. There's no. just no way. No, and, and some of the stuff that like, like I would say a lot of what I end up doing is I'll get files from graphic designers. I love graphic designers. Let me just like first and oh, foremost, thanks. but by love gosh, you <laughs> your files, you all are always the worst to work with <laughs> for like making vector files because they're beautiful to look at, but they're just not done with functionality in mind at all. That's because you're only opening final, not final, final V3. Mm -hmm. Final Final V3 is the good one. That's what everyone knows. Like, you know, this is <laughs> well, a graphic. like layers and like, I just, it's like, no, 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 no. It's very convenient. <laughs> it's very convenient tonight that we are talking about art. Yes. Um, because we have an actual artist on the podcast with us tonight. Um, there are some names, there are some names that you, if you bandy about the maker community, you see names come up over and over and over and over and over again. There's some people who are just everywhere you look you know, supporting the community and being active in people's comments and sharing their podcasts and all that cool stuff. And 
you know, sometimes they're actually makers too. And we happen to be lucky enough to have one of them on the show tonight. We have the one and only from Northern New York, the <laughs> one and only Dave Bauer. What's going on, buddy? Uh, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> All right. Hey, Dave. <laughs> Hi. Dave, Dave is an artist, a maker, and recently he's decided that we don't do a good enough job podcasting. <laughs> So he's decided to enter the space too. So, so you do it all now, bud. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> well, there's just there's a lot of podcasts, but there, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of different ways to look at it too. So, mm-hmm. it's um, that was my whole idea was I had a different uh, concept that I wanted to explore. So, we've yeah. we've, we've talked about we talked about Brooke and I have talked about that on this sh- on this show actually about how. It's amazing that, you know, how many people I know that do podcasts and none of our shows are the same. Like they're not the same angle. They're not the same show. You know, they focus on different things, different parts of the of the experience of being a maker or an artist or a creative person. And it's like, wow, they're you know, just we all know each other and we're none of us are like copying each other. It's kind of crazy, actually. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, because I just I had an idea like two years ago um, about. Uh, problem solving and just thinking that um, artists are always problem solving and that it's a big part of, you know, the creative process, even if we don't really talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then I just kept developing this idea in the background and uh, looking at back at like the history of all the different things I've learned. And a lot of the people who call themselves makers are like always like lifelong learners. They can't stop learning new things. Like they have this curiosity that um, that they have to see how everything works and they have to try mm-hmm. it. <laughs> um, yeah. And not to become, and it's interesting because it, do, it does seem like there's this almost rejection of becoming an expert. Like nobody wants to put in 10,000 hours to learn a thing. They just want to know enough about a thing to be somewhat fluent and conversant in it and then go, all right, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, it's time to learn the next thing. Like nobody wants to be the, you know, the the resin guy they want to be the guy who does 50 million things and does all of them reasonably competently and does resin also you know it's it's kind of crazy actually that that is a personality trait of people in our space for sure yeah and you said that you had the idea for the podcast like two years ago if if that's what you were referring to um do you want to talk a little bit about that and what made you finally pull the trigger and do it um well i just um yeah i'm not sure i just (laughs) 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 it just took me a long time to to figure out like, okay, so I had this idea. Um, if you look up problem solving on the internet, you'll find the art of problem solving, which is a book about algebra and math. And uh, that's not very interesting. That's not, well, I mean, definitely there's a lot of people who find it interesting, but that's not, I'm not, not one of them. Me. I will. Admit <laughs> I love, ma- I love math. Sure. Anyway, okay. besides okay. the point, okay. yeah. you, know, you know, there's, there are people who, who enjoy it, but um, it's, it, would you call it art? I guess it's the question. Yeah. <laughs> I would. So, but okay. Anyway, moving cool. On. All right. Well, a, well, maybe we'll have to have a, another, <laughs> no, another podcast that. episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. So I had this. So then I said, okay, let's flip that around. And instead of the art of problem solving, what's the problem solving of art? So it's like mm. looking at art from that perspective. Um, and it, it took me a long time to figure out, okay, that sounds cool. It's a great concept. Uh, uh, you know, it's a great, like, tagline but what does it mean and how do you turn that into a product that you can do like more than one episode um right so that's where i you know i was writing stuff on my blog which you know like 
two or three times a year, I write stuff down and kind of talked about just my history of learning things and problem solving and how usually I end up being the person at whatever job I'm at that solves problems. Like they come up with a special job for the person who solves all the problems um, that nobody else can <laughs> take the time or is interested in trying to figure out. Oh yeah. You know, those are, those are the people like I, I sometimes like I, I joke about it at my day job because one of my functions is the IT guy, but then I, people will ask me about their stapler, like their electric stapler. And it's like, well, what does this have to do with me? And it's like, well, it plugs into a wall. Don't you know stuff about things that plug into a wall? It's like, <laughs> oh, okay. I guess that's my job. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, no, it's fine. And the sad part is I do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause you're not afraid to, you know, unplug it and take it apart and see what's wrong. I have had, I have had things apart on my desk and people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm fixing this. It's like, okay, <laughs> sure. You know, this may take me a whole day, but I, I got nothing else to do right now. I love how you, I love how you've leaned into this, this whole problem solving idea though. I think it's, I think it's worked really well and the guests you've had ought to be really interesting. And one of them that I think was, epitomizes what you were going for was Patty, Patty Gilstrap, um, AKA right. Patty from Brooklyn. Um, and the way she was talking about how she would, you know, these puppets would come back beat up and she, you know, they would evolve the design of the puppets and the mechanism to keep them, you know, keep them from coming in more. So they would, they would stay out in the field and be used and perform more rather than spend more of their time in the back room being fixed. And it's like, yeah, this is, I started, I think, you know, I didn't get it as much with Andy. I love Andy anyway, but I, sure. when you had Patty on, I was really getting the idea of your podcast. I was like, Oh, okay. I see where he's going with this. Now this is actually pretty cool. So. Right. So in there's, there's like sort of three different directions that I come at it, but yeah, Patty was really interesting because, um, yeah, I know her. Um, we met at maker camp in 2019. And so, and we, you know, I've met her a bunch of times in person. So, you know, I, I'm like, Oh, I know this person already, but then, almost all the stuff we talked about was nothing that <laughs> nothing I was planning on talking about. So it was great. It was like really interesting and I learned a lot. Um, so that's, that made it really cool. Are you, are you finding that? Are you finding that um, as you, as you go on that you go in kind of with, cause I know that like Brooke and I, I mean, I'm not going to speak for Brooke. I'll just speak for me. Like I have a rough framework of things I want to talk to a person about. And sometimes we'll get into the conversation. We'll do the whole show, we'll stop the recording and I'll just go, wow, I didn't ask a single thing that I had planned on asking you. Like, have you found, I mean, you're only six episodes in, but have you found that that's happening for you also? Uh, yeah, definitely. It, um, you know, and usually what I do is I come up with, all right, here's a list of things that I can use in case we run out of stuff to talk about. But, you know, I just use <laughs> the lifesaver. The lifesaver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's what it's turning into more. And then you end up like, okay, I missed um, half of these. So we'll, we'll have to come back, you know, <laughs> have, a, have them come back again. Yeah. It's definitely crazy how quick conversations go. Oh, yeah. When, especially when it's a good conversation. We've definitely had times like that where Vince and I will look up at the ticker and go, oh, Oh boy. Cause it does fly by. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. It's, 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 inter it, it is interesting. You, you, you worry, you know, even, even now after all these episodes, I go into every episode going, I don't know how we're going to fill an hour, hour and a half of, you know, chatter. And then an hour 20 in, it's like, Oh, we have just kept blabbing and blabbing and blab. Like we're good. Like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Right. And, yeah. and usually we're needing to like cut it short. Like we're yeah. needing to, to rein it back to, to cut it down 
Thank God I don't edit the length of this show because or not cut. I want to say cut it down. I more mean just yeah, yeah. like just bring it to a stop. Like we're closing yeah, right. it prematurely. Orchestrate, yeah. not orchestrate. <laughs> you got to orchestrate. Beautiful word, orchestrate. Yes, orchestrate we are the conductor. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> what? For sure. Tell us a little bit. So I, I probably see again right off track. Right. Tell us a little bit about your background because I, I was going to ask I, that. A lot of people know you as Dave Bauer Art. Sure. Um, I've always known you as an artist first and a maker. Right. Um, tell tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started, and the kind of stuff you make, and how you fit in and such. Okay, it's a long story, but no. <laughs> no, so gonna, we, we have lo- about we love a long. Story. Yeah, right. we have about so. an hour left. So <laughs> okay, cool. Perfect. I'd say go for it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah. So I mean, I was always curious about things and interested in drawing and building stuff with Legos and. and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, when just that, you know, the way our family was, we were always fixing things around our house or, you know, like we didn't have great cars. So we were taking them apart and, you know, trying to make them work. So I just learned all that stuff just by being around, you know, and being part of that. Uh, you know, so my dad was basically like that. He uh, didn't graduate high school. He took correspondence courses for electronics and television repair and stuff. Oh, wow. And um, and he he ended up getting a job working with computers back in the 60s, you know, when they were like, you know, the size of a, a giant room. And uh, so he but he was the same way. He was, you know, that I think they made up a job for him um, where he was he didn't have like a specific job, but he was always solving problems. Um, and uh, and so I guess I I guess I learned that from him through like osmosis and um, <laughs> <laughs> and pretty much never stopped you know so in high school i took a bunch of art classes and that was interested in art you know to go to college for that but that you know that didn't happen so about i don't know like like 10 years later i did go back to school for graphic design okay and i got like an associate's degree and then i didn't do anything with it for like 10 more years or more um what yeah, were you so doing? Just, what were you doing in the meantime, if you don't mind me asking? Um, sure. So what ended up happening was, um, you know, I worked at a bank for a while, and that's one of the places where they made up a new job for me to be a problem solver <laughs> because um, I got like to be, promoted to be like the, you know, like the supervisor, and I was terrible at that. Um, I was probably the worst supervisor ever. So they're like, okay, we know you're really smart. Um, <laughs> Problem so gonna, solver. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, so they had like these, you know, things that nobody else could figure out or didn't have the time or, you know, you know, you know, just they didn't have the skills to do that. So they made that job for me. But I mean, it wasn't, you know, a great job and it was, you know, wasn't a lot of room for advancement there. And then I ended up getting another job um, working for the state government. And, um, and that was pretty much the same thing. They had me doing this clerical job and I'm like, well, why doesn't this have a database? So I created mm-hmm. a database for it because they, they said, oh, the IT department never has time to do any stuff for us. So I created a database and learned how to do that, um, for them. And then that worked out for a little while. And then I got another job doing something similar. And, um, eventually, um, I started doing stuff on the side, like learning, uh, more computer programming and stuff. And this was, you know, around 2000. So I was doing stuff, uh, building websites and stuff. And then I was, I was, um, part of like a community of, um, open source software 
programmers. So mm-hmm. they had basically like online chat, which is like Discord, but yeah, back in the old days. Back in, days, back so in the day, any, that was that was like pictures edgy. or anything. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And so um, and I ended up uh, doing that and solving problems and helping people through there. And um, people started giving me jobs to do that. So then I was basically self-employed as a programmer for 10 years. Wow. And then, uh, then that till, you know, around 2008 and, uh, then that didn't work out anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> not a lot of things well, worked out after 2008. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, so I still do that, um, on the side. Mm-hmm. And, but again, you can see like, it's always like, um, all these things were just me being curious and trying out things. Like you said, Vincent, you're the IT guy. So mm-hmm. basically that means you're the person who's not afraid to press all the buttons. So you find the one that works, right? Um, yep. That's and they're like, "Wow, you're a genius!" You're like, <laughs> you're like, no, I just tried it, you know. <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, so that's it. And then you just basically once you learn that new thing, you remember that and you can build on it. So that's um, you know, you're always like building all these skills. So I just built all this crazy variety of skills, even though they were all, you know, like business oriented and on the computer. You know, so I didn't get into like actually making things or doing art until after I don't yeah I don't know then until I saw a Jimmy DeResta video basically and then oh boy that's then now we're here (laughs) (laughs) it's incredible how many people I mean geez it's you know everybody one you know anybody outside the community would probably wonder why everybody in this community generally calls Jimmy the godfather and it's like because for most people he was the he was the one like he was the the start of most people's maker origin. Like I know people that I work with. I if I wear one of my Duresta shirts, there's one guy there who always gives me a big thumbs up. He knows who Jimmy is, right? And it's just the weird. Like he, he doesn't make anything. He's not a creative person or an artist of any kind. He does. He's not a content creator, but he loves Jimmy. He's a huge like huge Jimmy fan. In fact, last year when we were at we were at his the go-kart track and I took a selfie with Jimmy and I just sent it to him and he's like, dude, you're so lucky. You got to meet Jimmy. Like, that's awesome. Wow. That's cool. It's like, yeah. you know, he's like, he's starstruck by the fact that, you know, you know, you could just go hang out with him. Like he's a normal human. Right. Right. And, but yeah, it's so crazy how he is literally the Godfather. It's funny. I didn't know that part of your story that like he was, he literally is the Godfather of your making journey. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and what happened was, uh, one of my friends was like, he, he's one of the original people who was like collecting and refurbishing axes, Mm. but you know, before it became popular. So he would went to all the barn sales and got them for like a dollar and now they're $20. Mm -hmm. And I was gonna say, now that's why there's none left. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. He has hundreds (laughs) of them. And, uh, so, you know, so I found some, like an old hatchet or something in my garage and he was like showing me how to sharpen it. And I was like, okay, I don't understand this. And so I was searching on YouTube for how to sharpen an axe. And, uh, you know, and there's obviously there's millions of videos on how to sharpen an axe on YouTube. And then one of them was linked to like, you know, Jimmy carving the aluminum axe handle on the bandsaw. Mm. And that was like the most amazing thing I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So bandsaw is like my favorite tool from like seventh grade shop class. Interesting. Because so, they had, a, you know, one of those giant industrial ones that had a brake, you know, mm-hmm. a foot brake to stop the blade. <laughs> and um, so I always loved the bandsaw, but I never even thought about, like, buying one or making anything with it <laughs> after, you know, seventh grade. And um, so 
after I saw that, I was like, oh, you can just like make stuff. You can go and, you know, buy tools and do your own thing. So I started yeah. looking on Craigslist for used tools. So Wow. And and here you are. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what was your what was your first Craigslist used tool purchase? Um, I think it was, uh, I got a table saw for $35 it was, like, wow. a craftsman table saw with the aluminum top and the, uh, the fence was missing a piece. So you couldn't like lock the fence to be straight. So I had oh, to go wow. and like, fa- it's like a little piece of plastic. Right. And so craftsman like Sears or whoever, I don't know who, whoever sells that parts now, <laughs> um, they don't sell that one part. Um, you know, so I like fabricated one out of you know with the dremel so it's not that hard it's probably straighter than what it would have been from the factory anyway no right right those tend to work so then i got and i found another one for like 50 a better craftsman table saw for 50 dollars, and then i got another one for 25 dollars, and i got one for free and then (laughs) so i put those all together and i made one halfway decent table saw and then i just kept wow buying stuff so did did you uh so are you one of those types? Cause I noticed there's two types of personalities. There's the type where they deck out their shop. Like they, you know, home Depot is like where I go to have to figure out my dream shop. Well, not really so much home Depot for those people. It's usually like Rockler or Woodcraft or one of those type places. Um, so are you one of those people that like will not buy a new tool? Like you're, you're the, I like the, I like the crunchy used tools with a lot of grease and scratches and abuse and, I want those tools in my shop or, you know, do you not really care one way or the other? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not afraid to like buy stuff, um, but mm-hmm. just, I've been able to, you know, it's not hard to find used stuff for cheap or for free. If you look around uh, in the Northeast. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, and, it's, and eventually once you meet enough other makers, they're like, Oh yeah, I have this, I have an extra whatever. And you know, they'll sell it to you for a good price or, you know, for free or whatever. So, well, if any makers oh. are selling a bench top, um, a benched, a bench top, um, what do they call this? A shear, a metal shear, a bench top one, not a, not one of those big floor ones with the foot break, like right. a, a bench top one, you know, yeah. preferably 18 inches. If anybody has one of those, hit me up, hit me up. Okay. <laughs> Except for your jewelry making for cutting the, out for the... cutting sheet goods. Yeah. I, yeah. I was so spoiled when I went to Ohio, both Emily, Emily Joyce has one in her basement and I got, and it was just this gigantic thing and I don't need one the size of the one she has. Right. But then at the studio we worked at, they had this great little one and I was like, damn, this thing is amazing. It was the perfect size. It was just bigger than 12 inches. It was only like 12 and a half. Right. So you could put a piece of 12 inch in it and just cut it. And I was like, I, I tried today. I, I had bought metal that's way too thick for me to cut. I'm trying okay. to find so an efficient like, oh, no. way to cut it. Was that? Yeah, because yeah, then you're like you're cutting it like with the little cutoff wheel on a Dremel or something. Which that would just like kill seven three, wheels. Three hundred wheels, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually not for that. I found out. They're actually for carving epoxy. Really? They work really, really good. Well, no, they're not. Oh, oh, they, you they said work, that. The only thing they work for, the only thing they work for is carving epoxy. Okay, you said that. You said that so sure. I believed you. I was like, <laughs> no heckin' way. It made a lot of sense too, because like, well, they does. don't cut anything. Right. They don't so. cut anything. Right. So they must be for that. Uh, I, I've ground them down to the to the mandrel many many times and not yeah. cut the thing I was trying to cut with them. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So definitely, uh, I need an upgrade of a tool. I tried. I tried a hacksaw too, and that was just stupid. I mean, I figured, why not? I had it; might as well try it. That did nothing. Yeah, um, like a, yeah. How how thick is it? 
0.05 inches. So it's like 14 ish gauge 14 15 okay it would be 15 gauge if 15 gauge was a thing yeah i mean you probably could do it with a really good hacksaw blade if it had a it's fine enough teeth it's but, yeah. rough it's rough I like what, yeah. i think austin's right i think i'm just gonna have to get um a porta band like um, yeah that's they actually have a good the, idea is this yeah, just, he, is this just sheet metal vincent yeah it's copper and brass but it's but it's, but it's like thin sheets yeah yeah one of those like it looks like a paper cutter that's what i'm talking about that's yeah a bench okay okay yeah, Thank yeah. you. I, I just didn't know there was a word for it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I've been looking for. So the one in Ohio was perfect because gotcha. it was small. I could I could find a spot for it in my shop easily. It's not going to take up my whole shop. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I need to cut metal, I just bring the metal there. I don't yeah. care. Throw it in the car and drive it up there. Cut a bunch of pieces off and bring it back home. Like today, I was like, okay, how long would it take? This is a funny story, but how long would it take to cut this with my jewelry saw? <laughs> The answer like, is a very long time and three blades. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it we will have, definitely work. Yeah. Yeah. We have one, Vincent, but I don't think Michael will want to part with it. Well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll we have to drive you, up with my metal and just cut it into one inch squares. <laughs> yeah. That'll be great. And then you can just leave and drive yeah. back home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, bring it all, bring it all to the go-kart uh, track. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> go across the street. <laughs> yeah hey if rob is there if rob is there hey rob i know rob listens if rob is there then rob can um take us across the street we can just use jimmy's shear for five minutes (laughs) yeah just five minutes yeah rob will probably be making ice picks anyway so this is this is true dave are you going for fourth of july um yeah to the go-kart track yeah 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 i think so okay that's what i'm just okay cool I'm not, but oh. that's where I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy for the people who are right. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was there, doing other fun stuff. I was there last year and I was just chatting with Keith decent. And all of a mm-hmm. sudden out and out of the corner of my eye, I see Dave walk up and I'm like, Oh, what's up, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, That was fun, man. It's, it's, yeah. it's a fun, it's a fun thing, but it's super fun. I was actually going to ask you, Dave, because one of the things I think of with you is that you're so supportive and you're just such a valuable member of the community. And I mean well, that thanks. so sincerely. Um, what prompted you? I mean, you said that you found Jimmy's content and that kind of got you in with things. But like, what prompted you to like go to your first thing that was like in person or like start your first friendship or like whatever? Like, how did that go for you? Sure. So um, I'm trying to really. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. So I don't think I really had a lot of like Instagram friends or anything that people who are, you know, talk to on Instagram, I followed a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they had the making it 100 event, which mm-hmm. was in Boston. And that was, um, it's five minutes away from one of the places where I worked in Boston. Mm-hmm. So I was able to plan a work trip. And then after that, I just walked over to the event. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's where I met um, a lot of people. So that's why I always tell everybody, if there's any sort of event anywhere where you can yeah. meet anybody, just go because even if you meet one more person, it's going to like build your network. Mm. Um, you know, cause I met the first two people I met were Keith decent and, uh, Graz like okay. you know, after five minutes after I walked into the place. And, um, so, you know, so I've been, you know, I've been friends with them since then. So it's, uh, it's just, you never know like what's going to happen or who you're going to meet. So you should always try to, you know, make it to something that you know, it doesn't have to be, like, you know, hundreds of people, if there's one maker and they invite people um, and one other person comes, then it's, it's worth it, you know? Yeah. So. And we're all like shy in general. I would say a lot of us are like shy, introverted people. So I think it's daunting. Like, I know for me, it was really daunting to like 
reach out the first time. Sure. But like rest assured, everyone is in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's part of the magic of it. Yeah. Um, it, which is awesome. We we most of us are overcompensating introverts. I, yeah, I, I was gonna say. say I think it's funny they were saying like us, like it's this like group. Oh, it's it, right. it is a group. <laughs> it is know. a group. It's a group with a membership. I'm the president. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. I get it's weird because I get horrified. I'm you know just look into my personality. I don't know if you guys identify with this, but I get horrified at the thought of like uh, like a gathering, right? <laughs> but I just I just go. I don't care if you're horrified. Like I will. That won't stop me from going. You know, and mm-hmm. I, I, that's been probably something that as an adult i've gotten a lot better about because when i was younger be like i'm horrified by the idea of going and i'm not going like now it's like i'm horrified by the Mm. idea of going shut up and go (laughs) (laughs) this will be a a story either way like exactly yeah i didn't realize does this event happen in boston like when was this event in boston because shoot that's like like 2017 i think oh dang yeah i don't think that we even knew that they're like we're makers on the community Yeah. yeah no we i don't think we even knew back then but anyway, right. yeah, and it's and it's it, you know it's interesting because they're just and that was after like a couple of maker fairs and stuff where you can yeah. watch people's you know videos. They're like, oh, I met all these people at maker fair, and you're like, oh, I should have kind of went to that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but yeah. maker fair is so huge, though. It's I'm like, there's got to be a scale of event where I'm not going to be comfortable. But, <laughs> but um, you know, like a couple hundred people is fine, and uh, yeah. it's we- really not bad. I think we took Maker Faire for granted in New York. Like, I really do, because it is, it is, you know, I mean, granted, it's not Bay Area Maker Faire, but New York Maker Faire was a pretty huge, like, to take over as much of Flushing Meadows Corona Park as they did, it's, it's an accomplishment. That's a huge park. And I remember walking around it. It was I only got to go one year because the next year I didn't make it, and then they stopped doing it after that. Right. Um, but I remember walking around just going, "God, there's so many people like me." Um, funny enough, I also met Keith Decent at that event, <laughs> um, and I met um, I met Bob Claggett the same day. Cool. So it's like you met Keith Decent and Jimmy. I met Keith Decent and Bob. So now we need to meet the person who's met Keith Decent and David Picciuto. Good luck, because David doesn't go to anything. And right. um, then you've got the whole set. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. Well, he was at set. yeah. He was at making it one hundred. So okay. I think yeah, I did. True. I did say hi to them. I'm pretty sure, but they weren't like super, you know. That's the thing. It's like if you meet like some of the makers and once you meet them for five minutes then they're your best friend and yeah. uh, you know and yeah. you know and i guess if you're you know if you have a big youtube channel and it's not you know maybe not everybody's comfortable with that and no. i've just i don't you know i can imagine like if this was 20 years ago i it would be a lot harder but now i'm just you know once you turn 50 you don't care what other people <laughs> yeah. think you're just like just walk up to them and start talking to them yeah and, yeah, yeah Maybe I got influence from some of my kids because I know like when they were little, they'd be like four or five and they'd just, you know, we'd be at the, you know, amusement park and they'd just walk up to another kid and be like, hey, you're my friend now. It's, <laughs> it's like, actually it's the same thing. It's so funny you say that because I totally feel like having kids like does that exact thing. We are like, I don't want to just be a wimp here. Like, come on, like I can do this. You know, it just puts things in perspective like that. So it's interesting right. to hear you articulate it like that. Anyway. I think. I think that's I think that's part of the part of the charm of children that I think, you know, they always talk about the things you lose as you become an adult. And somebody always says you lose your imagination. And some of the people like, like, no, you lose you lose the lack of inhibition. 
yeah. as you become an adult, you get way more inhibited, right? Because I, I, I'll say it, I get nervous every time I reach out to somebody to see if they're going to be on this show. And <laughs> as the show gets a more established rep- reputation, it's actually easier, but I'm getting more intimidated because you're going like, all right, well, I've spoken to this person. Okay, okay who, who do I need to? Oh, I can ask this person. That's a big one. Like you yeah. just got to sit back a little bit, you know, <laughs> yeah. like that's a big one. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm ready for that. And it's, it's funny because a kid, you know, some hotshot young kid and, you know, people call them younger people cocky or whatever. No, they just don't have all the hangups okay. and inhibitions that we have as older people. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting balance. Cause I think I've gotten less and less prone to being embarrassed as I've gotten older. Like I just don't, I'm not unless that old, you, but like, unless you have to make a phone call, sometimes a phone call. You know, will get you. I try not to let that dictate it, though, even if I'm feeling <laughs> if I'm feeling something. We're t- we're talking about something specific that we're not going to say live yet, because yeah. <laughs> we'll tell the story later. Well, and it's very if, funny if and when the story ever is appropriate to tell. But but like, you know, if I'm feeling nervous, that's mm-hmm. that's OK. That's cool. But I try not to let that dictate what I choose to do in my behaviors. That's ever. that's I, I'll tell you, that's the hardest thing. Right. And yeah. that's that's exactly it right there. The hardest part is, you know pushing through when you're nervous yeah. anyway you know like oh, yeah. driving to boston to know that you know one person kind of one person much better but you're only going to be there for a few hours like <laughs> to you know to go yeah. to someone's thing and it's like i don't care i'm just going i remember i remember last year going up to jimmy's mm-hmm. and i got onto the thruway heading north and i'm like what the hell are you doing man <laughs> Like existential yeah. crisis washes over you at every at the first few exits every one of the first few exits i'm like you could turn around at any time bro you, you could turn around at any time and i actually had these thoughts because it's it's in my mind it's torture mm-hmm. but then i get there and i had the best I'm, time like yeah i'm still friends with people that i met that day which is awesome oh yeah exactly oh, yeah. Yeah. do you know something dave that you did that was really nice and I, I'm sure you probably remember this, but I remember, I think it was like right when lockdown started, I think. Okay. You, I think, reached out or you, you drew our dog. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You drew our dog. And I don't know, like, that was so kind. Like, I hope you know that that, that was like the sweetest notification to get, especially with the state of the world. And I just think that that's such a testament to like who you are and how you are as a person. Because... Like, just so you know, like, I made those into coloring pages and, like, passed them out to my whole family. And, like, we have one (laughs) on our fridge right now still because it was just such a sweet thing. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that was, I was, because I had, like, the iPad and I was like, I need to learn how to use this thing. So um, I just started, you know, and I drew, and I I don't know why everybody posts, a lot of people post their dogs. (laughs) So just, (laughs) um, and it's easier. And that's it. I'm like, I'm like, not comfortable like drawing pe- i mean i can i've w- taken life drawing classes and everything so i can draw people and stuff but it's it seems intimidating it seems like it's it's so much more of a commitment to like mm-hmm. you know do like a portrait or something but i'm like oh i can draw a dog they're just fluffy and um <laughs> and especially the style i developed which is just a line art uh mm-hmm. coloring book kind of style which is makes it easier because you don't have to you know, there's no shading there's no <laughs> you know so it's, it's a lot less commitment and um uh, and it, it after i did a couple i think yeah people appreciated them and i just kept doing it um yeah i love that still, little series of like yeah. makers pets <laughs> yep yeah and then i sometimes i get too busy or whatever and i don't you know but i keep trying to go back to it because it's fun 
Yeah. I I love the uh the the one thing you've drawn that that makes me laugh every time I see it. I don't know what kind of machine it was. I think it was a fly press. And the ca- you just you actually drew a caption on it. This is why is it always in a basement? That's right. And <laughs> it's one of my favorite things that you made because it makes me laugh every time because I just imagine I remember um it was on an episode of making it and Jimmy was joking about how when they have those machines, they are in a basement because they basically put them in the basement and then they build the house. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the <laughs> they weren't brought in. They it. built the yeah. house over it. Like it's to protect the fly press. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, it's your style I like your style because it's it feels I don't know, it feels like it feels like a human's doing it. Like you have a very a very normal human style of drawing. You're not like this crazy photo accurate thing. You're drawing like oh, I like the way yeah, you described sure. it as yeah I like the way you described it as like co- um, coloring book style like a, mm-hmm. ca- a cartoonish coloring book style, and it's interesting because whenever you've done the maker pets they are clearly the pet like it's like oh wow yeah like you managed to capture the essence of it without doing the specific details and that's that's a that's one of those skills that I'll just never have but it's it's interesting yeah. um, as far as your drawing goes like. Do you find you have enough time? Because I know you're doing a lot of stuff all the time. Do you do you make time for it? Or is it like, eh, I got nothing else to do. I might as well draw some stuff. Um, usually I have to try to make time for it. Um, it depends. It goes depends on, you know, how much I'm working. So I have like two jobs. So that keeps me pretty busy. And then mm-hmm. if it's 10 o'clock at night and I don't always feel like starting, you know, a project, even though it's not, you know, it's not necessarily a huge project. And I don't have patience or attention span i don't want to like start drawing and then finish it another day so i i if i'm looking at like how much time i think it's going to take and that a lot of times i don't put the time into it that's what that's basically how this style developed is that uh <laughs> it's I not get this done super now. time consuming and um <laughs> and i have done ones that have taken a long time i did a bunch of uh watercolors so mm-hmm. i would do that same thing and then and those were actually that was actually cool um, uh, for the, um, what was it? That was a couple years ago for the uh, Fools with Tools treasure trade. Um, Heidi from Whitehall Pottery uh, made a, a, a ceramic uh, ink pen for me. So that I'm like, okay, now I have to use this. Um, so I started <laughs> trying to do some of my drawings with that. And um, and then that, you know, that kind of s- style goes good with watercolor. So totally. I got out a bunch of watercolors that my kids had and started messing with those. Um, and I've done all this stuff back in high school in that. So I understood the basic concepts, but if you don't practice for 40 years, it does uh, Just go away. <laughs> it's not, again. It is not in fact like riding a bike. I, you know, everybody no. says everything else like riding a bike. You always say, no, you don't. You really don't like riding a bike is like riding a bike. Like it's the only thing I've ever done in my life where it's like, Oh, you just get back on. And like I was doing jewelry, um, metal cutting. And I took the, the saw out and i started cutting with it i'm like i can't cut the damn i can't cut straight like what the hell's going on like i was good at this at one point like why can't i cut straight yeah and now i can it's like oh it's just the skill just went away like it just you know it's muscle muscle memory muscle flexing you know it gets weak after a while yeah and i think that probably the metal cutting is the same as with drawing and some of the other things even like mostly using tools is that Mm -hmm. you have to get out of your head and not be focusing on your hands, but yeah. you have to use your whole body, right? So, That's true. Um, you know, so if you're if you're cutting the bandsaw, you don't just you you don't using your fingertips. You're using your your torso to like yeah, control the whole thing. That's a good point. Um, yeah. 
and the drawing's the same way. You draw with your whole arm. You don't use your yeah. fingers to draw. That's interesting. Um, I like that a lot. Wow. Now, now I'm thinking That's about true. everything I do, and it's like, well, like right. Yeah. When right. you when you're really well practiced at something, you're not even thinking about like following the line as you're cutting something. Really, you just kind of right. go, and it flows, and that's when you do the best. So it's inter- I like that a lot, actually. You're also not yeah. looking where you are when you're cutting, right? right. You're looking Watch ahead. You're looking you're, ahead yeah. You want to see where the blade's going to go. You're not looking where the blade is because you know where the blade is. The blade's right here, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, wow, Dave. This is like a revelation, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a, and that's kind of that's sort of goes back to the podcast of where basically it's like connecting all these different things together, and that's why learning so many different skills, mm-hmm. um, you know, can be valuable because you can you take something from all these different things and and see how it how they relate and how they go together. So. Mm-hmm. I always love asking people that are kind of generalist skill collector types, you know, people that I generally relate to. Um, what is there anything in the um, on like the skill bucket list for you or you're like, man, I don't know how to do that, but I'm going to figure that out because I really, really want to learn how to do that. Is there anything that you don't know how to do now that you really, really want to learn how to do and maybe not necessarily become an expert at, but something that you want to really like learn something so you understand it better? Um, everything, but, um, <laughs> the main That's thing I want to practice more is, is to, uh, is metalworking, like forging and, uh, welding mm-hmm. to do a metal sculpture. So, Ooh. and I don't know what that's going to turn into, but I just want to try it. So. Oh, do it. Have you ever, that's... how much have you done? Um, so f- I've done a, a lot of, not a lot, but I've done forging like three or four times. And, uh, so that I understand enough of that, that I can practice and turn into something mm-hmm. but um the problem with that is i haven't had a vision of something that i want to make so yeah. i'm like making a hook or making a bottle opener or something and i haven't figured out like what i want to turn that into so hmm. yeah like what um, the masterpiece is right right exactly or even yeah. not even that just the first thing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah so in like welding i've i tried welding two times at uh maker camp and the first time was absolutely atrocious and the second time was improved so i can yeah. see like okay there's is a process that you can figure this thing out if for you sure, practice sure. yeah. i love welding so, i think we're talking yeah. about that with adam like i just yeah. i i really love welding i wish i did more of it yeah it's fun yeah but you gotta really have a space for it you know you're kind of set up as a wood shop and then you <laughs> yeah the spark it gets complicated like we have a welder and we just have it set up it goes outside we just have an outdoor right. table that flips down but which relies on the weather but also it gets hot in the summer and like the last thing i want to do in the summer is get all the gear on right right you know on, yeah so yeah so yeah, so my shop just... is in a basement so it's not <laughs> nice. conducive to a lot of sparks and fire no, Basement. and I Basement yeah. shops are special. <laughs> yeah, and I think the last thing I welded, I did it in February. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was yep. so cold. I was so cold, but I did it. And I still yeah. loved it, but That's I I'm telling you that's one of those skills, man. It's one of those skills that everyone that has it's like this is the best thing I ever learned. Like even if it's just messy ass tick um stick welding. Yeah. You know, people just love their welding. They yeah. love their welding. Meditative. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think metalwork. I think metalwork is one of those things where I'm probably not going to be learning it anytime soon, just because I don't have anyone around me where I can go. I'm just going to go to this person and learn it. Right? I don't have anyone around me. Period. 
for the mm. most. So it's like I'm kind of an island unto myself. Like I can go north and go south and go west and eat, but I don't have anyone that's like, oh, I just want to go hang out with this person and do this thing, right? Like, so it's just kind of like, no, I'm just going to stick to what I'm good at. And if I have an opportunity to try something, I'm just going to try it. That's yeah. kind of how I've been playing it. Yeah. Of all the things that you've tried, Dave, like what's been the most intimidating one to try the first time? If there's something that stands out, because if there isn't something that stands out, that's totally fine as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, really, I'm not that intimidated by things because I've just, you know, I've used so many different tools. Um, probably the only thing I can think of that I was like, I don't know if this is going to go well is like just operating the table saw because I have a, you know, yeah. an old craftsman <laughs> table saw that doesn't have a card and it's underpowered and it's it's sketchy. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but. You know, so that you just have to really pay attention. Um, but, you know, I, so I haven't run into anything yet. So I don't know. Maybe I just watch too many, you know, Jimmy Duresta videos. And I'm like, well, he can do it. So so I can do I it. I can probably yeah. figure that out, right? You're, you're, like, pretty, you know, you're a pretty, like, calm dude, though. I feel like you'd be able to handle most things. You wouldn't, like, I don't know, panic and run. Yeah, I've, so far. Um, yeah, I tried it. So far. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, have to, you'll have to let us know how that goes in the future. Do you find yourself like when you try something new, like you go, you just kind of, you know, you di do you dive into it or whatever? And then if you do, just if you're like me, if you're just like, the, oh, I'm just going to do it type. Do you ever do something and go, wow, I guess I really did absorb a lot from YouTube. Like, it's like you're surprised at the little things, you know, that normal people wouldn't know. Like, has that ever happened to you? Yeah, all the time. Not just like YouTube, but just, you know, again, from just having experience with different, you know, mm -hmm. materials and things. But yeah, all the time I'm like remembering, you know, I saw someone, you know, do a technique or something. And I'm like, you know, while you're doing it, it's that runs through your head. So, yeah, which yeah. that's that's how you learn, I think. I think that's the best part of what we do. I really do. I think that, you know, this, you know, the maker community is always, you know, it's something we always talk about. Right. It's one of those recurring themes of the community, the community. But I think the 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 cool part of the community isn't the big stuff you learn. It's the processes that you that someone else already refined and it's like oh, i'm just going to jump on board with that you know you learn something not necessarily the whole process end to end just what not to do when you're doing a thing you know i was talking to you the other day about your screen printing and how good it is and you're like yeah well you know this is this is and like in the like, right right <laughs> yeah but i mean i mean i don't know how to do anything i mean i have a rough idea like if you gave me the stuff i'd probably be able to figure it out because i've watched enough people do it but sure. i looked at your stuff like i have one of your shirts for um making problems to solve right and I, the first thing i said to you when i got it was like wow your screen printing is really good. And you're like, yeah, well, you know, it's like typical maker, like, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, it's all right, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's well, okay. yeah, I didn't show you all the ones that got messed up. Or, uh, <laughs> you know. But yeah, and again, that that design specifically is like, it's like a, a large type with big blocks of, you know, color. It doesn't have, you know, a lot of, you know, things that can go wrong. Because mm -hmm. um, the first one I did with the, um, the rusty truck farm, the, the, line art of the pickup trucks that one's kind of hard to print because it does have some fine details and you have to really get the right amount of ink so i have a lot of mistakes on that one so yeah, that that does look like a tricky one yeah <laughs> I, I like that I, you kind of come back to this as well like when things go really when you do something that's really good or like if you know the screen printing is great and 
and everyone's like, wow, you're so good at that. And, and I like that you acknowledge the whole, I did like 18 before this one. So. <laughs> like, right, I, right. I really, I really appreciate when, when I think I've had the discussion on the podcast before, like my, dis, like the, the amount that I hate the word talented. Right. <laughs> Where I'm like, no, like you practice, like you practice and you do things. And I think what makes a maker a maker is just the desire to continue pursuing it, right? Like that's what the talent is. It's it's just having the drive to to keep going after the first three failed, you know, right. and in, in doing number four. That's what makes an artist or a maker, in my opinion, is just that drive to continue pursuing it. So I don't know, maybe that is a talent, but Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's just it's the it's more like it's, you know, it's an attitude or a perspective on like, you know, you understand that um, that that's part of the process, you know, yeah. that, like figuring out like what went wrong is, you know, it's that's the fun part is like figuring out like how to do it better. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so you're always progressing. So, yeah, no, um, exactly. If you do something once or twice, really like it, but then never feel the drive to do it again you know right, yeah. who knows maybe you would be really good you definitely i'm a big believer anyone can do anything they want to do you just have to practice if you really want to do it for but sure yeah, yeah it's it's the the journey and the process and sticking with it a lot of people it's interesting you say that because i think that what what discourages people is they expect the curve of beginner to good to be a lot steeper than it actually is you know yeah. like they to be like i start today and by saturday i'm rocking and sometimes it's you start today and you're not rocking ever you're just competent like you never achieve a high level of doing something and that doesn't mean don't do it that just means you don't get to the elite level but you can still but But what even is that like that's that's my that begs my question like what even is that because have you ever looked back at something and this is just for anybody to answer Have you ever looked back at something that you know that at the time you were like, wow, that was so good. And then you look back at it and you're like, oh, oh, my first cutting (laughs) board. I was, and you're like, I know I felt really proud of that, but that is not it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. My my first cutting board was a polar bear shaped maple cutting board. Mm -hmm. I was stupidly proud of this thing. And I don't mean stupid, like it was stupid to be proud of. I mean, it was just like an achievement. Like to this day, I still look at it as one of my favorite things that I've ever made. And it's cool and it's still in use, right? And it, I'm I'm not in any way not happy with it. But I look at the boards I make now and I'm like, dude, you never would have made that board. To, like you wouldn't have given that to a customer today. Yeah. Not that there's anything right. wrong with it, right? Just that, yeah, you do... You know, I was so proud in the moment, but now, you know, four years later, it's like, no, dude, you really have come a long way. Oh, in for those sure. Four, yeah. And in four years, you'll look back now and be like, oh, what was I doing? Oh, yeah. And, of course, and- yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, I, I had an example with this. And you, do you, um, and Brooke, do you have a vinyl cutter? Dave, do you have a vinyl cutter of some kind, like a cricket? No, I one? don't have one. Okay. Definitely have to get one. But. Maybe this is probably the dumb, a dumb conversation to have then with a guest on, but just real quick. <laughs> long story short. Let's do it. I, I, I made an acrylic sign for a wedding and um, I made a smaller one for the, for the ring bearer that says, I can't be trusted with the rings. And it was super cute. And it's just <laughs> a piece of acrylic and vinyl on it. And I made the first version of it out of MDF and I put the vinyl on it and I hated it. So I threw that one away. Then I made the second version with the same piece of acry- with a piece of acrylic, the same size, the same vinyl, and there were bubbles under the letters. 
And I was like, nope, I'm not happy with that either. And then there's the third, the third version was, except for like one or two bubbles, was perfect. And I'm like, you know what? This is the one right here. This is the one right mm-hmm. here. But I think the idea is that the, the process is, you know, you do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, you, this is this is something tricky. Like putting vinyl on acrylic is actually tricky because there's so much static. Look, vinyl's the worst. Vinyl's the worst. <laughs> vinyl and, sucks. And I will say vinyl is like so difficult to do. And the finished product is like, in my opinion, in a lot of cases anyway, like just not proportional to the 100%. level of skill that it takes. A hundred percent. And okay. and what people don't realize is those script fonts with those very thin connecting lines. Oh god. Thin lines. Vinyl hates thin lines. It's just, it right. Really doesn't like thin lines. But no. yeah. I, yeah, I saw I, that when you were working on that. I think you yeah. should just uh learn how to just like hand letter that. It'd be easier. Yeah, like just, just like that free free paint it. Like that would be yeah. easier. It's true. Um, or like just acrylic too. I I don't like working with acrylic. I love working with acrylic. Yeah, and a lot of oh. people do because it does laser cut really easily. It's yeah. my but I favorite can't material to work with. Stand the fingerprints. I can't stand the dust. Oh, right. Like I can't. <laughs> uh, I can't. I hate it. I've gotten yeah. in the habit when I work with acrylic around the shop, I put on gloves. Because I just yeah. can't deal with. You're right. There is. You yeah, look at it the it. wrong way, and it smudges. And it smudges, and then that's all I can see when I work with it. And I'm like, oh no. And then, work. then you get the Windex out and you spray it, and then now there's don't a streak. Windex it. Don't Windex it. <laughs> Wait, what? 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 <laughs> makes it work. Don't use rubbing alcohol on it either. No, I would never use rubbing because that'll fog most acrylic. Like yeah, that just melts don't. the acrylic. Wait. Yeah. So what do you use on it then? You don't. You just you pray. Okay, cool. Can you use water? <laughs> Not water. No. I, have, I, I know that like you could do wet application no. with yeah. like dish soap and water. Like I've I, seen um, people do that a lot. My dad used to do it that way. To give an actual to give an actual helpful are we talking about acrylic or vinyl? Uh, we're talking about vinyl at the moment, but you can talk oh. about acrylic too. Like. Oh, I thought we were talking about acrylic too. Okay. I I was <laughs> yeah. I was gonna answer some. I was talking about putting vinyl on acrylic, actually. So <laughs> well, um to actually give a helpful a helpful answer to the what Ooh. do I clean acrylic with? Yes. This is what I do. If I'm doing an engrave, a cut on acrylic, you don't really need to worry about it. Just don't peel your masking off until the mm-hmm. very last second, like mm-hmm. when you That's are actively it. installing it. That's fine. Got it. Okay. If you engrave acrylic, that that dust, man, like it's just dusty. Like it's it's like a sludgy kind of dust. So I I um dry dust it with like a white ball or like oh, a Oh, I do too. That's yeah, what yeah. I do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't anyway. think people it's realize, nothing, by the way. That's groundbreaking, but. I don't think people realize that that engrave, when you engrave acrylic with a laser, uh-huh. there's a lot of dust sitting in that engrave. The so people don't dust. realize it's there. And I only discovered, I had my Glowforge. I'm kind of embarrassed by this, but I'll share it because we're all friends here and nobody else is listening. Um, <laughs> that, no. <laughs> I had I had if my Glowforge. You're, if you're listening right now, DM Vincent Ferrari right now. Yeah, yeah. in fact, if you're listening, <laughs> tell me if you learned this the hard way way wow. long it took you way longer than you should have so i had my glowforge for probably about four months and i had been making acrylic things left and right mm-hmm. and i made i was making those led lamps with the base and you make the that shine through the acrylic and they look really really cool I actually love making those i don't i have i don't make them so much anymore i don't know why but um i was making one and i took the protective backing off just to make sure that the light was going through it the right way mm-hmm. and i touched it Mm-mm. Now, if you touch these things and then you shine light through them from the bottom, I promise you, if you think there's a lot of fingerprints on it, there's about 20 times more fingerprints <laughs> than you think is on there. 
So I took it over to the sink to wash it, and the engrave essentially, I don't want to say disappeared, but got way, way lighter because I washed all the dust out of the engrave when I put it on the when I put it in the sink. And that's when I learned like, oh, there's a lot of stuff sitting in well, that engrave when you're done. An <laughs> so. engrave, so like to the listeners, if you care about this, if you engrave <laughs> acrylic that's opaque, like it's in my opinion pointless it's pointless it's pointless yeah it's like no just stop just it's silly don't do it it's gonna be ugly you only really want to do an engrave over a transparent acrylic Mm -hmm. and you can crack it so easily like in the laser not on a glowforge because they ain't got enough power but you know if you're using a big honking laser like you got (laughs) yeah you just i just don't like acrylic that much i think i liked it a lot when i was first starting but i don't love it i love it i love it I'm a solid wood gal. Like I like solid wood and that's it. <laughs> I just want to give credit where it's due. Cause I talked about it in my stories. Right. Um, I did slot and tab for the first time. Yeah. And I figured out how it worked. I designed it in Adobe illustrator. I did not okay. use a box generator or a slot and tab generator. And, and then you sent it to me and you were like, is it right? And what did I say, Vincent? You said, I think it's fine. I said, it looks right. You did a good Ex- job. And what's funny is what's funny is Brooke is like, but the tabs are going to get cut straight off because I left the boxes where I made the tabs. I left them as boxes so that I could move them around. And she's like, that's just going to cut straight off. But other than that, you're good. I'm like, yeah, I left them that way so I can move them if I need. She goes, okay, you're good. Yeah, do it. Do eat. You are a graphic designer, though, Vincent. As I've established, (laughs) vector files from graphic designers. I know that's right. Scary. You know the greatest thing I ever learned in Adobe Illustrator was the um, was it Control Y for wireframe view, and like you don't you don't realize how much of your crap is hidden rather than not there. (laughs) That's the the, the here's the difference. A graphic designer Control Y is and it's 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 a mess. Uh-huh. If I control Y, I'm confident in this one skill of mine. It's still beautiful, boys and girls. Yeah. <laughs> Same. And so, like I was talking about this technique that I've figured out, um, and I control wide it, and I was like, "Oh no, this really does work! Like that's clean underneath. Like yeah. that's, that's that's nice." Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but that's a departure. <laughs> Dave, have you ever had experiences working with acrylic? Um. <laughs> No, we had <laughs> back in middle school, back in my Ooh. middle school shop, we had metal, plastic, wood, and we also did small engines and electricity <laughs> and okay. sewing and cooking. So um, we did all that stuff. And um, all in one class? So, no, it was like, you know, every quarter they had like a different thing. So this is like seventh and eighth grade. So That's how they did yeah. it in my school, too. Okay. Yeah. So I think it was like a New York State. Uh, mm hmm curriculum probably yeah so um yeah so there was one thing where we did the plastic and we you could i don't know if they were they're probably i don't know if they were they probably were acrylic so it's like you could make like you know these plastic sunglasses they cut out the thing and you can like heat it up over a toaster oven and bend the corners so it makes like these really cheesy orange sunglasses um (laughs) (laughs) and we also worked with like you know polyester resin and stuff which is great Mm -hmm. for uh uh, brain cells uh, oh yeah totally uh, and it's totally know, not flammable. Years old. <laughs> totally not flammable. Oh, yeah totally safe totally um, safe but yeah so but that's it i haven't really i make uh picture frames i buy like whatever acrylic or whatever that is mm-hmm. and uh cut out the plastic on my table saw to make picture frames but that's it 
Yeah. I feel like that's 90% of what I do with acrylic anyways, use it for like frames and covers right. and stuff. You know, I, as much as I love lasering it, it's, you know, the late, it, this is the problem when you're doing it for, a, you know, when you have your own business, it becomes more of a, does that have a business function? No, you're going to do that to be just to do something fun. Are you sure? Are you sure <laughs> you want to just do something yeah. fun? Like, you know, it's, uh, yeah. you, you have second thoughts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> is, so what's, um what's the next Thing on your workbench like what are because i know you've been doing you know you've been doing the podcast i know you still i still see your art popping up in your feed what are you up to what's the next project do you have anything in the hopper that you're going to work on soon like what's going on um i don't have any specific projects i mean i have a long list but i got a um a giant uh chandler and price uh printing press whoa uh, back in april i think That's and so cool whoa. but i have to put it back together um <gasps> so, you've got this <laughs> wow yeah i don't remember how it goes back together but i think i have some people i can ask um i tips. think you have a couple There's of people a lot of pictures of <laughs> on the internet too but yeah but it's covered it was basically it was in a basement but it was also a wood shop for 60 years. Oh, no. So it's covered with oil, sawdust, and uh, ink. Um, so I'm gonna I'm trying to clean it up before okay. I put it back together. Yeah, so okay. like, what's, what's step one? Uh, cleaning off all the gunk. Uh, some of the parts, so the small, the biggest one piece that's one piece is like 1,200 pounds. So that doesn't move too easy. Um, I can, Holy crap. I can move most of the other pieces by myself, but, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but it's just a lot of cast iron pieces that have old lead paint on them. That's crazy. And I, I, I that is a technology, man, that I just love. That is hypnotic to watch the paper, just slide the paper and just watch the thing come up and meet the roller and then just slide it back. Yeah. And it's so hypnotic to watch. Like you could, I could watch that all day long. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. Are you gonna are you gonna start making like I don't do you have a CNC or a laser? Or um anything? I have a the MP CNC that's the Okay CNC that's with the 3D printed parts. Gotcha. And so you can you can make your own press you can make your own letter presses basically. Yeah, I can make plates with that. That was something I was gonna do. I also wanted to just do that for just regular with with or without that giant press. Um I was gonna try to do that. So um but I haven't I have to get that working again it's in the basement so the base is mdf so it's like all warped so oh <laughs> wow being in the basement so i gotta like re-flatten it and everything and get a new thing this so is, i can cut something level that's an that's an ambitious thing to take on like that's a that's a big piece to take on a, a printing press like it's not that's not a tiny little thing it's a lot it's very 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 mechanical right and it's it's yes. not something that you can just you can you can't fake it like it's either gonna go together right and work or it's gonna go together wrong and you're gonna have black ink all over you and it's not gonna do a damn thing like yeah it's a, i don't think it's that hard to put together i mean if you basically have you know idea of how mechanical things work um <laughs> fair enough because it's it's all a lot of big pieces right it's not there's not a lot of small pieces that's true um so <laughs> that's true. not that but, but yeah it's um it's it's a bigger project you know than i you know even thought i just got it uh the guy was giving it away for free and then i figured out a way to go pick it up and then i was like okay now it's in my driveway 
and <laughs> have to figure out what to do next. So. Do you find yourself? Do you find yourself doing little bits of it over time? Like, like, eh, maybe we'll just go screw around with the press a little bit, and you take a couple screws out, and you're like, oh, that's what's under there. Or, well, it's all taken apart. It's um, okay. because uh, because it was in a basement, um, so that was the. <laughs> <laughs> you can't it's weighs i think like 2500 pounds altogether why is it always so, in a basement right exactly <laughs> that was where i got the original idea for that and um and i'm going to do a version that has a, a press on it okay um of that same <laughs> uh that same poster design um but i haven't uh just haven't drawn that one yet because the other one was funnier there's um, something about there's something about that that printing press thing that's just, I don't know. There's just, there's something that just feels right about old printing press, like old technology yeah. and old machines. I don't really go in for it that much. Like I can appreciate that they're cool, but like there's something about old printing presses. It just seemed like they were so far ahead of their time. Like it, it they use such simple mechanisms to yep. do such an incredibly complicated and powerful thing. Like the printing press. I don't know, I'm a history maker hat, but you know, <laughs> the printing press changed everything, you know, yeah, right. it's very, very important. And if you think about it, it's a very simple machine. I mean, it's simple in the grand scheme of things, especially compared to what we have today for automation, but right. it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's such a cool thing to take on. Like, Yeah, it's, it's cool. Um, yeah. So I've always been interested in printmaking. Same mm-hmm. thing from high school. Um, and then I did that in college and again, it was one of my favorite things. So those are my two like loves would be, uh, bandsaws and printmaking. <laughs> so, um, you know, then I saw the same thing. I saw Jimmy go and find an old rusty <laughs> printing press and put it back together. Um, so that was the, um, that was the idea. Um, but that was a inspiration. Um, and once I get to put it together, I'll just put it together and let it run and just listen to it because mm-hmm. just the sound of the mechanism is super cool. Yeah. Just the, um, the rhythm of it. It's really neat. You I seem don't... to have gotten a lot out of high school. Like, I'm uh, not yeah. saying. No, that was it. That was it. Those are the only things I got. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else. I can't read, can't write, but man, am I good on a bandsaw. Like you have no yeah. idea. Well, no, I only cut one thing on the bandsaw. I just knew that it was the <laughs> coolest tool in the shop. Yeah. I, I love yeah <laughs> it um, took me like 30 years to get it get one <laughs> yeah i kind of think that's interesting about your story that it, that it was so not condensed yeah because a lot of times when we talk to makers on the podcast they're like this led to this led to this i kind of appreciate that about your story that you've told so far is that it's 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 like you just had it kind of in the background for years and years and years and years um which i think is the super interesting perspective because you like you worked at a bank, you did all this other stuff that was unrelated. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, and that's, you see that, you know, a lot of people do that there where they, you know, had something that they did when they were a kid and then life happened to them. (laughs) Yeah. Then they're like, okay, now my kids are, don't need me as much. And then they can start go buying tools and stuff. And it's great to, you know, to remember that that's, that's there in the back of your mind, you know, that you can still, you know, be creative and, you know, and do, you know, you know, whatever. Yeah. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy that part of, you know, life and stuff. Um, and I don't know if this is skipping too far ahead cause you have plenty of work ahead of you refurb- refurbishing it, but what is going to be the first print on the printing press? Ooh. Um, I don't know. So I haven't really even thought about that. Um, 
And maybe it'll be the, I'll make a version of the, why is it always in a basement print and just print it on there? Cause it's kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make it print. The, it'll have to print itself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Printception. So, right. Cool. So, but it'll probably one. be, it'll probably be a joke that only three people will understand. Those are the best kinds part of, of my style. Yeah. yeah it's exactly. Subtle humor. Subtle humor is still humor. That's, you know, yeah, if for anyone sure. knows if anyone knows that it's us, right? <laughs> so, subtle humor is better than like slapstick. Oh yeah, just gotta totally. keep the people gotta keep the people guessing. If you have to right. get the joke, it's already good humor, I think. Mm-hmm. So, Dave, I think it's time for thing of the week because believe it or not, we've been talking for an hour, and wow, we, yeah, exactly. See, <laughs> as if to prove the point, but. Um, <laughs> Since since it is thing of the week time and we always let the guests go first, why don't you uh, lay your thing of the week upon the brilliant listening ears of our audience? Okay, I got to switch to my other tab here for a second. Um, <laughs> so this is a new uh, podcast that I just found out about um, a couple days ago. It's called The Maker's Quest. Um, and it's by Greg Porter and Brian Benham. Uh, they're the two hosts. And this week they had... Um, an interview with Tony Rouleau, who is the machinist, uh, Hillview Tool on Instagram. And he makes the amazing uh, brass block, pa- block planes and uh, other tools. And just had a really cool conversation. And uh, it's just another podcast that I just found out about. So it sounds cool. like it'll be interesting. Yeah, that, that does sound interesting, actually. And, you know, I'm, I'm always interested in checking out our colleagues in the podcasting space. So, uh, especially new ones. I've, I'm really enjoying how many new podcasts are popping out these days. Like um, Chris from Full Steam Designs just started a new podcast. Yep. You know, you just started yours. Um, it, it's it's really cool seeing people like, hey, I got something to say, and let's let's elevate the medium a little bit because it used to be in the makerspace there were like four podcasts, and now right. it's like, yeah. no, there's a lot of us now, and it's good. I'm really digging it. Um, I have to check this one out. It's called The Maker's Quest. Um, they're at www.themakersquest.com. And of course, I'll have that link or a link of some kind to subscribe to them in the show notes. Brooke, my dear. <laughs> All right. I don't know if I'm going to regret making this my thing of the week. <laughs> I highly doubt it. Probably, I don't know. We'll see. My thing of the week is pineapples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I have to tell a story. Yes, and I hope this, I can. This does I hope require I, a story. <laughs> I hope I can. I hope I can do this justice. So everyone, this week I made. I made it. Okay, so every on makersworktop.com with the seasons, I make digital files that people can download and just fun little seasonal things that they can laser cut at home. So in October this year, I made faces for pumpkins like jack-o'-lantern faces. People loved Mm -hmm. it. So I was trying to think of a summer version of like the same thing to do. And I was like, I'll make faces for, well, I was going to start with watermelons, but then I was like, pineapples have such better hair. Like it's gotta be pineapple. So I did, I did sunglasses for pineapples and they're laser cut and they're hilarious and I love them and they're hysterical. So I'm like posting on my story about the pineapples because I was doing a reel and whatever for them. And and I was, I usually give a little sneak peek of what I'm working on in real time on my stories. And 
you know, I'm like really leaning into this because that's just my speed. Like that's just, I'm just like, I love pineapple so much. I'm like wearing my pineapple shirt. I'm like strutting around the, around the, the makerspace being like, it's so fun to have pineapples in a full shop with all my friends, you know? And then naturally one of our, one of our makerspace members always brings different flavored seltzer water every week. And he just so happened to bring pineapple flavor seltzer water this <laughs> particular day. So I whip open the fridge and I'm like, look, you know, even they got in on the, on the pineapple theme this weekend. We love pineapples, whatever. I put my phone down and you know, when you post something kind of controversial, edgy, like, I don't know, you kind of know when you're going to get like lots of notifications. This was not that time. I just put my phone down. I was just being an idiot, like (laughs) just posting. (laughs) And I whip, I, I whip my phone open and I'm like, why are there so many notifications on my phone? And apparently, so, I mean, what does a pineapple mean to you guys? Like, <laughs> I don't even know mm. how to, we like pre-screened this topic. So I don't even know who to ask this. To me, a pineapple just means like hospitality, right? Yep. Yeah. So Vincent, Vincent what, is a, what does a pineapple mean? Well. You tell those, us, Vincent. <laughs> for those of you who are uninitiated, pineapples have a very interesting history in the, um, in the swinging community. Yeah. So basically it's like, hi guys, I'm a swinger. (laughs) Yeah. So just for the record, just for the record, um, if you ever put a pineapple in the children's seat of your shopping cart or upside down, apparently upside down, I don't know who puts one up. I don't know how you could even get stuff, but whatever. I always heard that it was in the children's seat of your shopping cart, but apparently it's also upside down in your shopping cart. That's signaling to other people that you are on quote the scene. And (laughs) I have so many questions about that as a signal too, because I learned all about all this in my DMS. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like genuinely just being an idiot. And I was like, am I just being naive and like whatever? And I like, I like uh, mentioned to Michael and I was like, I don't know what the heck so, you said. Like, <laughs> whatever. I totally thought this was a well-known thing. So, and right. by the way, if you put one on your, on your porch next to your front door, that also means there's a party Apparently, of that variety going on. And you house. are welcome. Cause again, pineapples mean hospitality, all yeah, of brands course. of welcome. Oh, of right. course. Like, cause what else would a pineapple mean? But hospitality. Cause that's what I associate <laughs> with pineapple. You never met a okay. hostile pineapple. Okay. Have you? No. But um, yeah. So, just for the record, um, that day that Brooke and I had this conversation and I was cracking up about how young and cute Brooke was, um, I was like, yeah, but everybody knows this. And she's like, no, no. nobody knows this. I was this. like, no one knows so this. And I no one knows this. Wor- I ask people at work because that's totally appropriate to ask well, people well, if you're, they I, know I, we need, We need a little context. I started polling people being like, do I need to scrap this project? Like, do I need to just not post this? Because mm-hmm. I like whatever. I don't really care. Like, let's be honest. Give the people something to talk about. I don't really care. But I was just trying to gauge like what, like, <laughs> like, like, like just like, what am I posting here? <laughs> anyway, you go now. Oh, yeah. So I. I, I asked my office mate and she's like, I don't know. And I told her and she goes, get the hell out of here. It does not mean that. And she Googled no. it and she goes, oh, wow, it does. It, pops, like, See? it <laughs> pops right up on Google. Like, so I didn't we, believe it till I Googled it. No joke. We asked probably about 10 people at work between the okay. two of us. And nobody knew what it meant. Nobody. Not even like, I know it has a connotation in this arena. But no, no, nothing. So nothing. I'm like, all right, fine. I'm just going to punch out on this and just think I'm a complete <laughs> dirtbag. And that's the end of it. But no. <laughs> It, yeah. There was enough of an influx in DMs. Like, it's definitely a thing. And and I just was not aware. But what I found in my poll is it seemed to be generational, mm-hmm. where people that were about, like, 45 plus or so, like, me. either didn't know or they were like, oh, yeah. Or they definitely were like, yeah, duh. 
That's what that means. <laughs> and then like younger people were totally didn't by and large, you know, had yeah. no idea, which I thought was funny. But I have a question about this, Vincent. Okay. Where is the logical spot to put a pineapple in your shopping cart? In well, knowing what I know, I would put it not in the child seat. That's for <laughs> damn sure. But I understand why or, you would or put definitely it. do, you know, whatever yeah, you want to do. True. That's, I don't um, judge that's that's the spot for all the fruits and vegetables that exactly. you don't want to get squished by your, you know, whatever else you're, you know, heavier and items you put in the bottom. See, Dave, I'm not saying thinking, don't put your apples up there. I'm saying don't put your pineapple. Why up there. would you put apples up there? Because Dave, well, you're you're on the right track as me, because the pineapple has the hair. So it's a it's a poor strategic decision to put that anywhere but the child seat. Right. Like, where else would you put it? Because if you put it in the big compartment, you've just thrown off your entire grocery trip. I think yeah, this and, is, you can't organize it. And the, you do produce shopping first. That's the first thing you're placing in your yeah. cart is like that pineapple right. realistically. And you're going to put that in the big compartment. That's mind boggling to me. Yeah. It goes in the child seat. Again, not I'm for not, any reason other than logic. I'm not trying yes, to exactly. signal to anyone that they should be following me home. So it's going in the basket <laughs> of also, my shopping cart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, so, I don't know. I wonder how many people said so now now that we're putting this out there, now we can ask a very large group of people, but have you ever heard this before? Like Yeah. Well, we're I mentioned, genuinely curious. I mentioned it to Michael immediately because I was like, "Oh my gosh, am I just an idiot?" And he was like, "Oh, you know, now that you're saying it, like I think cuz Michael's 41." Mm -hmm. and so he was like oh now that you're saying it like i think i have heard that before but like yeah. it's an upside down pineapple i'm pretty sure like i would have never gone there mm -hmm. <laughs> so anyway, yeah if so you, anyway i just decided to lean into it i just posted kind of was like whatever but um anyway that was that was where we that was that was my <laughs> week i don't know we, we definitely <laughs> want to hear podcast at podcast at because we make.com let, let us right. know if you've heard this. We're genuinely curious. We're not trying to out you as a swinger. You I can don't send care. it from an anonymous email if you're uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't really care one the, way or the other. The bigger, the bigger point being made, that was not my intention of making the project, but it was pretty It was pretty hilarious. Also, can I just point out that the project is freaking adorable? Thank like, you. It, yes, it's so great. cute. It was cute. And I just didn't want to, like, I was just, like, bumming that I was like, oh, do I need to not post this now? Like, what, like, what do I do? <laughs> anyway uh, i love it so yeah brooks thing of the week pineapples there 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 you go and <laughs> i'm not explaining that anywhere i'm just gonna just say in the carousel on thursday pineapples that's that's kind of the approach i've taken i'm just like i'm not, i don't care it's just pineapples. <laughs> no so brooke brooke totally not trolling people totally took a picture at the back of makers workshop on the steps with the pineapple at the steps i did in my shirt so makers workshop is not, not it's not having a party I'm just warning not you what now. it is it's, it's I'm not just, what it looks like everybody it's not, i'm just being a troll so and yeah. i hope and i hope we we're just talking about weird humor and like how it needs to be so specific that no mm -hmm. one gets it there you go well if somebody shows up with gold boxers and a silk robe <laughs> you might have some explaining what? to do i'm just warning you now they don't have a key card they're not getting in anyway <laughs> oh right. is that the secret wow yeah. wait 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 oh shoot what am i saying now <laughs> Yeah. moving on so vincent what's your uh moving what's your thing of the week vincent okay so if you were if you were a child of the 90s i'm gonna say because i think these games really started popping up around the 90s maybe the early aughts um there was a certain class of arcade game that was just really 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 big and it was the button mashing beat-em-up game um button mashing beat-em-ups were the thing so there was there was streets of rage there was final fight 
Um, there was a Simpsons beat em up game that was absolutely epic. There was an X-Men one that I can never remember the name of, and you don't have to send it to me because I didn't play it and it's not on my radar. I forgot the name of it, but it was the same style game. And then there was another one that everyone loved. And it was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beat em up game because you could play four player on it, which was the best part of the whole game. So you get your buddies and the four of you, you each pick a turtle and you just go at it in this game. And the game is super duper fun. Well, there have been a lot of attempts to recapture that magic over the years. And none of them, nobody that's tried to do it has gotten it right. Well, guess what? Somebody finally did. And um, I think it was last Thursday, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge came out. It's out for the Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox, and it's on Steam. So whatever you have to play games on, you can play this game. They have managed, by some miracle, to capture all the magic of a 90s and early aughts beat-em-up game. It is so much fun. It's, it's pure nostalgia. I get it. But they've added enough updates to it where you don't feel like you're just playing either, was it Turtles in Time or the Manhattan Project, those two games for the the SNES and Genesis or the original arcade. Like It's different enough where it's like, oh, this is a new experience, but definitely brings back all the feels of playing the original. It's a super fun game. It's really well done, and it's cheap. It's like a $25 game. So like if you're into button mashing beat em ups, I've been playing it on the Switch and it's just it's a hoot. Like you get sucked into it and you're just mashing the hell out of the buttons and things are just people are just flying. You can fling enemies at the screen and there you can level up the characters, learn new skills, all that stuff too. But even just on its base level, it's just a really good, fun, updated classic type game. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. Um, URL is shredders-revenge.com. Of course, I'll have that in the show notes if you want to play along because that is a hella fun game and it's a great time suck. And I'm I'm assuming most people that listen to this show need some kind of time suck, which is why you listen to us to begin with. So now I'm giving you another one. (laughs) Um, You know what doesn't suck though? What? The people that support this show financially, and those people include Dave from Atomic Airship Works, Ed from Ed's Clocks and More, Chris from Full Steam Designs, Jeff Stein, a.k.a. A Weird Guy, Joey from JH Custom Woodcraft, Dean Duplantis of Making Our Way, Tony Langer from Langerworks, Jake of Make With Jake, Big Al Schultz from New York Woodworks, Justin O'Floor of Bear Maked, Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks, Andrew Richard from Andrew Richard Makes, Kellen Hazlip of Kellen Makes, David from Southern Style DIY, Jeff the Weekend DIYer, Henry Davis of HT1 Metalworks, Austin Saunders the High Caliber Craftsman, and Matthew the Wooden Mustache. We really appreciate um, the financial support from you guys. If you can't support the show financially, we totally understand that. It's, you know, one of those things, right? But if you could leave us a review, um, you know, share the show, tell someone about it. That would be really helpful. Also, like we said, um, at some point this week, Brooke and I are trying to figure out what day, but at some point this week, Brooke and I are going to record a Brooke and Vincent episode for the 4th of July yep. because we're not recording on the 4th of July. Screw that. Um, it would be too loud anyway. It just wouldn't work. But um, either way, if you haven't left a review or if you want to leave a new review, feel free to leave a review because we're going to probably read those and we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. We have a couple of topics that her and I are thinking about talking about and it's going to be fun to chat with her um yeah so there you go uh 
leave one of those and we'll read it <laughs> and if we get it before we record. Like we like reading the reviews on the air. We like to give you guys a little bit of credit. Also, we haven't mentioned it in a while, but if you go to the Because We Make homepage at becausewemake.com, there is a listener shops page. Those are the people that have supported the show and are fans of the show and friends of the show and have shops where they're selling stuff. So you should definitely, if you're looking for something cool to buy or you want to buy a gift for somebody, definitely check those out because those people are good, good people and we like them very, very much. Um, I think that just about does it. Um Dave, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, buddy. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thank you. Thanks. I really appreciate it. It was great. And we really want you to go and head out and listen to Making Problems to Solve, which is on all your podcast clients, all the ones that you get all your good podcasts, like the one you're listening to this one on. You can probably go search and find his too. Um, it's called Making Problems to Solve. You could search for that. You could search for David Bauer. I don't know. I've never called you David in all the time I've known you, and it seems very weird to see David Bauer. Do you prefer David or Dave? Like, it's good to ask that now, right? Like, yeah, right. Um, well, <laughs> everybody calls me Dave. Okay. And um, I guess when I filled out the form, it felt like a you know legal document, so I put my <laughs> you know legal name instead of <laughs> what everybody calls me. Everyone, um, everyone, maybe I'll change knew, it. Everyone that knew me before 2017 calls me Vinny. Everyone that knows me since 2017 calls me Vincent. I have a question. Is your, real, is your real name Vincenzo? No, it's Vincent. Okay, because that's like what it is in the Zencaster thing. And so I've always assumed that that's like your real name. So I was going by Vincenzo F basically everywhere for a long, 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 long time. So when I set this account up ages and ages and ages ago, I set this up probably six months after they launched. Okay. okay. So it's just like, and I just never, got, I was like, nah, I'm not going to change it. Okay. Screw it. It's, I just but, yeah. assumed that that was like your, your name like and that you went by Vincent. Yeah. I go by a million different names. So everybody asks, what should they call me? You know? And I'm like, call me whatever you want. It doesn't matter. It's I'll, I'll answer to anything. Call me. <laughs> uh, you know, I have, I, for the Indian listeners to the show, the owner of my company calls me Chutia. And oh. if you're Indian, you know what that means. And you're probably laughing already. So there you go. Anyway. <laughs> think that's going to do it for this week um definitely right. go follow dave and um you know listen to the podcast he's gotten some pretty damn good guests like and, and people i didn't know already which was kind of cool which that's, oh, that's great I, I think yeah i think it's great because you've introduced me to people that i've really grown to like a lot especially i really liked jacob on the last episode by the oh, way that's that cool. was cool yeah good stuff good stuff that's gonna do it um brooke and i'll be back next week just her and yeah I, just her and i but Here's the cool thing. We have guests booked for we like... We have so many guests <laughs> So many guests. So don't worry. Don't skip us entirely <laughs> if you don't want to hear just us. I know we know you guys get a little squirrely when it's just Brooke and I. Fine, whatever. But... We're gonna, um, we're, whatever. No, go ahead. Go ahead. We're going to try to make it good. We will make it good. It'll be entertaining. <laughs> we promise. I it sound like so not confident about that. It's going to be okay. It's going to be good. I, <laughs> It'll be great. Whatever. It's not yeah, going to suck. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. It's not going to suck. Yes. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back again next week, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.